Hello, left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the LFI Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman. And today I'm blessed with my guest is a co-founder of Left Field, Ryan Steeg. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show today. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate the invitation. It's been a while since we talked. Been a while since we've talked. It seemed like a couple a, minutes anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. Seemed like a good time to regroup. So appreciate you jumping on the show. Start out with the simple stuff. Always like to hit on where you're from, what do you do, that kind of thing. If you could share that with the group. Yeah. So besides left field. <laughs> besides left field, yes. So I am the only founder outside of Columbus, Ohio proper. So I am out in Billings, Montana. And other than being involved with LFI and a passive investor myself, a couple of years ago, 2021 now, I left my W-2 in career in insurance and my wife and I opened up a franchise here in our hometown of Billings, Montana called Club Pilates. And so working on being a new franchise owner and along with all the LFI stuff we've got going on. So yeah, well, we appreciate you juggling both because I know we're throwing a lot at you from left field these days. So nice that maybe it's good you've got the Pilates you can go work out after you're done doing stuff with us. <laughs> maybe I need a club Pilates franchise myself before it's over with. So great, interesting stuff. So you have the insurance background and so forth, which is that kind of what sparked you getting into the real estate investing side of things then? That's very right field-ish kind of things. What was the story? What got you bled over into the real estate side and the left field side of things? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, from an entrepreneurial side, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur, part of his business, which was insurance. He would build a building and be the tenant. So I understood real estate from 30,000 foot view level of what it can do for you. So that was kind of my entry point, although I didn't connect the dots at the po that point in time of what he was doing with his business and real estate at the same time. But I was interested in finance. And when I went to school, one day I heard about an interesting finance book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so in college, I read the book that most who fall into this world have read. And so that's kind of my entry point into how I got into real estate. And then shortly after, after my wife and I graduated, we bought a house down in Phoenix, decided to move back to Montana and became accidental landlords because at that point in time, not unlike today, it was not the best time to sell in Phoenix. So it was a buyer's market at the time. So we became accidental landlords and, and held that property in Phoenix for about 10 years. So that was my entry point from how did I get into real estate with Rich Dad Poor Dad, started the active interest and then became accidental landlords is kind of how we are entry point into real estate seems like more people than not have that entry point as well. That accidental landlord story comes up a lot, that's for sure. But as long as it gets you in the game, that seems to be okay. So that got you into the active side. How long did it take for you to find the passive side of things? And what was that journey like getting to that point? Yeah, I'd like to say it was overnight that all the buttons clicked and I, I knew exactly what to do. But 
we actually owned that property for about nine years as remote investors or remote landlords with a property manager before I really started investing in real estate. So I fell back into the podcast world and been putting money into a 401k and stuff for a long time, nine years between buying real estate and really saying, hey, I I should be more active in this. So fell into the podcast world in about 2015. I started listening to real estate related podcasts and heard about turnkey properties. So just a quick summary, turnkey is basically where you've got a property or company in any market in the country. They go find the properties, rehab them, make them rent ready and find a tenant for you. And so turnkey, it fills that term. And so we started buying turnkey properties, borrowed from our home equity line of credit, bought a couple properties. And it took me about two or three years before I realized, even with a property manager, that it's a lot of work. And so to answer your question, it was about nine years between becoming an accidental landlord and actually starting to proactively invest again in, in real estate. Yeah, yeah. But not exactly passive if you're managing a lot of work on the turnkey service still, it sounds like. Right. Yeah. The turn from investing in turnkey properties to becoming a passive investor was about a two-year journey to find that that was the path I needed to take. And so I remember the discussion with my wife somewhere in that 2016 to 2018 timeframe of going, okay, we've got this many properties. And if building toward this income goal, we only have to have X amount of properties. And that's when it clicked that X was going to be a monumental task on top of work, (laughs) even with a property manager. So that was when I thought, I'm going to look at another avenue. And that's kind of when we found the passive investment path. Yeah, it's. I think I had kind of the same epiphany of it was all a shiny object. It was all great. I was very excited about it all. When I started to understand the numbers more, looking at the active side more and the single family side at that time, starting to aggregate that and figure out what it needed to scale to just became an intimidated thing to me of, okay, yeah, it's achievable, but man, it's how long is that going to take? And how am I going to do that while I'm in a W-2 job still too? So getting to that point where I found the passive side of things that scaled a heck of a lot easier for me while still working my W-2 just was a a wonderful day to figure that out (laughs) for me. Yeah. I assume it was similar for you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And so when I started investing in syndications, which was early on in 2018, I realized that it was on me to do the due diligence. That was the active side of being passive. And once I had done the active due diligence, which is an ongoing learning process to get better at doing due diligence, but I was outsourcing everything else after that. And so that's when it clicked for me that that was the path. After that first investment, I kind of understood the whole process and what I was doing myself actively and what I was outsourcing. With inflation on the rise, private debt may provide the short-term hedge you're looking for. Spartan Investment Group identifies low-risk investment opportunities that offer predictable returns. The numbers speak for themselves. From 2018 to 2021, they grew revenue by over 3,500%. Their private debt boasts stable monthly payments and a short repayment horizon. And since it's backed by self-storage and a personal guarantee, you can invest with confidence. To learn more, visit spartan-investors.com. Hi, this is Zach Haptenstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise48 Equity 
At Rise48, we partner with investors like you to purchase large apartment buildings that we renovate to increase the value and create a profit margin for our investors through monthly passive cash flow distributions and profits on sale. We're a vertically integrated company specializing in the Phoenix, Arizona, and Dallas, Texas markets with over 200-plus full-time W-2 employees who are focused on making sure your investment is taken care of. To learn more about Rise48 Equities Multifamily Investments, schedule a call with me at rise48equity.com backslash invest. It takes some time, it seems like, to get to that point. This is why we say become a part of a community to help maybe put those pieces of the puzzle together quicker, too. But that's part of the reason I feel like why we built Left Field was just to help people understand there is a different way. You don't have to do what all the HGTV shows show you to do and that kind of thing. Those are fun. You can make some money doing it and so forth, but there is another way to do it as well. So you talked about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, some podcasts. Any other resources that helped you kind of start pulling together those puzzle pieces and so forth? Those are probably the biggies, but. Yeah. So I think along with being kind of a student of podcast university for, for a while, another turning point for me was, so I had invested through an investment group that I became a part of and I went to a meetup and I met a guy down there by the name of Jim Piper. At the time, I didn't know who he was going to be, but we had connected and and I guess at the time, unknowingly, we had built our own little two-person left field <laughs> left field group at the time. And so he was one of the only guys that I knew that was investing, or he was the only guy that I knew that was investing in syndications. And And so we just started regular communication. And so to answer your question about resources, one was finding a community, and two was finding a network within that community. At the time, it was just Jim, and, and obviously has grown since then, but really one is finding like-minded people and two is really networking so that you have a close connection, just able to discuss ideas, strategies, deals, sponsors, due diligence, all the things that we discuss and network with within LFI and in the, in the infield forums and such. So that was the first resource in the next part of my journey that I found. Yeah. You go back and calculate the ROI on that conference that you went to now and what was <laughs> that really worth to you in the end of the day? <laughs> Some days it might not be as high as others, but I feel like it's pretty high most of the time. No, that's great. I think that's very helpful to kind of hear people's journeys and stories of how they stumble into this. Everybody kind of gets here in a different path. A lot of similarities, but different angles that they come into it. As you've been doing this for a while, as we've built left field and we've heard a lot of different things, can you think of any advice or lessons learned that you could share with those that are steps behind us that maybe are looking for their path still and those kind of things that come to mind that you'd like to share with people when you're talking to them that uh, call into left field to meet us? Yeah, I think one of the main things is not getting stuck in analysis paralysis, taking action, whether that's finding a group or reading a book or connecting with another investor. It doesn't have to be an investment to take action. But that is a critical step. So whatever that next action step is, it'll build momentum toward the next thing. And so if you're connecting with LFI, connecting with LFI and becoming engaged, it doesn't have to be LFI, but reading a book and and taking action, looking at deals. I think taking action is really one of the things that, that stops people from getting started. And so if you don't take that first step, which will build momentum, 
that's a difficult spot to be stuck at. And I, I know we've talked to many people who have been stuck looking at what does this look like? How do I get involved? So taking action, I guess, is simply probably one of my biggest pieces of advice and really getting engaged and talking to other people. I mean, when I first got started, I was making decisions in a vacuum. It was me and me that I was bouncing ideas off of. And I never want to be the the smartest person in the room. There's always something that I can learn from somebody. So just talking to other like-minded people. So one is taking action and two is making a connection and talking to other like-minded people. You'll always learn something from someone that's way further ahead of the journey than you are or someone that's just getting started. You can teach people. That's ultimately kind of how we learn and take questions. I mean, some of us just need to go back to the 101, the basics that we forget on a daily basis. So never being intimidated by talking to someone further in the path than you or someone that's just getting started. There's always something to learn by actively engaging with other people. I think that's great. I think the taking action thing is huge. I think you can get lost in the studying and the podcast and the books. And to me, there was no better education along my way than taking action because you learn so much from once you put your foot in and, and you start to do this, you learn so much more than you did through the books and the podcasts and so forth that it motivated me to, I want to go do the next one now. Cause I realized how much I did learn from actually going through it rather than just reading about it or talking to people about it and that kind of thing. So I think that taking action one is huge. Well, and, and taking action is a little bit twofold. If, if you're one that is ready, fire, aim, <laughs> then making sure that you you're not impeding yourself, also that you're not taking action recklessly. So there's a fine line in there between being stuck in analysis paralysis or just making a decision, but just knowing where you are and what your natural instincts are, but but really just taking action of some sort is the only way you can take the next step. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's good. Solid stuff. Great advice to share. Hopefully people take heed to that and, and uh, see about putting it into action for themselves. What's next for you, Ryan? Where are things going? I know we got a lot going on at left field, but you can speak to your personal experiences as well, where you are these days. Yeah, I think that one is I'm trying to take an account of for myself of what I need to learn and grow. And one of those things that I'm trying to get better at on a daily basis is due diligence. The economy and the market right now has really put debt in focus and using debt as a tool. So I'm trying to better understand debt as a tool in each deal that I'm looking at and how it's being used. One book we refer to often and a recent guest on the podcast was Brian Burke. And he talks about debt is not a one size fits all. It is a tool that if properly used to execute on a business plan is still the appropriate tool. And so I think that has opened my eyes to just being aware of where I can get better in my due diligence and understanding myself as an investor and what my goals are. I think when I first got started, after I took that first action, I was anxious to get into more deals. And so now I'm trying to refine my approach to making sure that the deals that I'm getting into, ultimately every deal solves a problem for an investor. Is it cash flow? Is it upside? Is it any number of things? And so I think understanding each individual, having an understanding of what their investment goals are, and to find the deal that fits that that solves that problem. So just understanding my own investor criteria or my investor DNA, as well as getting better at due diligence with each passing deal is is kind of what I'm focused on right now. And I think a lot of the things that we're doing within LFI are, are helping to move me along that path. No, I think that's great. I think back every now and again of what my due diligence was, you know, three, four years ago, 
compared to now since we've a lot of it has been because we've developed left field and we've learned so much as we've been developing and so forth but my due diligence back then was maybe oh it it says 2x modifier and 17 percent irr okay that sounds good i'll get in this one i didn't look at debt i didn't look at capital stack i didn't look at so many things that you know is kind of dangerous really frankly is what it was so i think there's always rules there's so many metrics that go into a deal the economy factors in in so many different varying ways so i don't think you're ever an expert in due diligence probably that there's always something to learn there so i think that's great that you're focusing on that right now too yeah and i think it brings up a good point too i think as a passive investor passive is is sometimes a maybe a misused term because really if your goal is to create equity growth or to create income or whatever your goals are you should be serious enough about it to become a professional in being an investor. And so while the returns may be passive because you're outsourcing everything but the due diligence to a team that you know, like, and trust, becoming a better investor is is really a profession. And so I'm trying to take it as such so that I can become better every day at being a passive <laughs> investor. Well, you build that wealth to a point where you start your own family office and have somebody else do it for you, then you'll be all set. Then you can be right. Yeah, there you pass. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good, Ryan. I appreciate the time today, jumping on the podcast, giving us kind of a recap of your story. I know we've had you on early on with the with Jim's podcast, but happy to have you on and talk to the group again. So thank you for your time today and joining me. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the time, Chad. Absolutely. And thank you to all of those that tuned in. And we will see you next time in the spotlight. Visor provides investors with a secure platform that displays a comprehensive view of all of their holdings on a single holistic dashboard from real estate syndications to private equity, crypto to traditional investments with AI driven, unbiased, honest insights to maximize return. Visor is your one place to rule them all. Automating performance tracking, projecting future cash flow, analyzing all your financial documents, and much more in one powerful solution, making it easy to follow the money. Sign up for a free 30-day trial now at Pfizer.co. Hey, left fielders, this is Julian McClurkin. When I'm not on the court with the Harlem Globetrotters, I'm the chief storyteller for TribeVest. Now, you might be thinking, why would TribeVest hire a Globetrotter? Well, through my travels around the world, I've met so many amazing people and heard their incredible stories. And it's no different at TribeVest. My job is to share the stories of people investing together as a group, as a tribe. TribeVest allows groups to pool their capital, set up their LLCs and bank accounts, help with operating agreements, funding rounds, and so much more. Whether you're investing with other dads from your kid's preschool class or getting into real estate syndications with people around the country like LFI infielder Brian Pawnell, TribeVest helps them all make it happen. If you want to hear more about stories about TribeVest's customers, just check out TribeVest's YouTube channel. And if you're already ready to start investing as a group, head on over to TribeVest.com today. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com.
Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.